A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away in Essex. This is where the fun begins. Yes, good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and this is a regular show where anything from the galaxy far, far away is a subject. Whether that's recent news, looking ahead to upcoming releases or events, or just covering a specific topic per episode. And joining me as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, is my heroic co-host, co-pilot, Blygon Jin himself. Plygon Jin. These keep getting better and better. What was it the other one? I get Blylo Ren. Cool. Master wow, Blylo Jin. Do you, you write these down, surely, beforehand, right? Uh, I have. I might have a repository <laughs> of just that, things to call Luke. Is there, <laughs> is there just like a list somewhere of my name with just like lots of Star Wars puns? If so, how can I get it? Unbelievable. Hey, hey Matt, how are you? You are right, mate? <laughs> Very good. Happy to be here as ever. Uh, cold, windy day, but Star Wars always warms the heart, surely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You good? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. had. Uh, it seems to be tradition. I'm going to tell you what I ate tonight. I had um, a home-cooked Thai curry. Mrs. Made Ooh. it. Absolutely five out of five. Gorgeous. Ooh. Loved it. I had a I had a curry as well. It's, it's been in a slow cooker since ten o'clock in the morning, and it Ooh. was uh, it was incredible. So without knowing it, we've synced our meals almost. Oh, that's amazing. That's that must be the force. Yeah, force no high five. Way. Yeah, force high five. No two ways yeah, about yeah. it. No, so we are we are uh, full of curry and ready to talk Star Wars. And so let's let's jump into it. Let's jump into the, this episode of Star Wars Sessions. As everybody out there knows, and Luke and me, we are inching ever closer to Star Wars Celebration. We're about a month away now. Um, and we're yeah. going to be there in spirit. Um, <laughs> but we're going to be covering it in our next episode, post-event. Um, so before we dive into the specified topic for this week, which we're going to get into shortly, what's the word from the cantina? The latest news in the galaxy. Uh, firstly... Mark Hamill seems to be rubbing people up the wrong way on Twitter, Instagram, and probably all the other socials. Essentially, he's just posted a picture of himself and Harrison Ford with the caption, this is what a Luke and Han reunion would look like, and some people are losing their minds. Did you see the picture? And if so, did you lose your mind? Yeah, I mean, I saw the picture, and no, it didn't really lose my mind. Um, <laughs> I, I mean... I. I, more and more when um, we talk, I, I don't mean to sound like a sequel um, defender, sequel trilogy defender or anything like that, but I really love the sequels um, so mm. far. Um, episode nine, I'm sure is going to be an absolute blast. But um, no, it, I mean, in episode seven, did I expect uh, when it was initially announced that, you know, we would have the big three all together again? Um, yes. I, I did. But I always thought literally from the Force Awakens uh, marketing and the Force Awakens trailer, I always got the idea that Luke was going to be playing a really hidden role in the film. And I was right. And I guess just from from that perspective, I've um, always had the expectations that there wouldn't be a reunion. And that's kind of 
one of the it's sad but uh, poetic ways of looking at it that there couldn't be a reunion again because it has been ruined any chance of that has been ruined by uh, Kylo Ren you know and that's and that's part of the heartbreaking th- reason um i don't know why it's so bad but it, in my opinion that's one of the main uh narratives to the sequel trilogy right and mm-hmm. that's one of the main reasons why kylo is such a feared a uh, villain such a crazy villain it's because he killed his own dad so yeah, and his and his uncle just said, drove him to it essentially yeah absolutely I would have loved to see a big three reunion, but I think the story is better. I think we mentioned in, our, in the episode we did about the sequels and the standalones that it actually worked better without having the three together. It would have looked a bit odd having, you know, the oldies trying to fight the young guys. It would have looked a bit silly, but I think I, I think it works better. It's more tragic and it's more poetic this way. So, Mark, I love you, but you didn't stoke my fire. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. So in uh, other news, in gaming news, the Chosen One update came out on Battlefront 2. Um, so main feature of that, obviously, is being able to play as Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> which is really cool. Being voiced by um, Matt Lanter, I believe, who also yes, did Anakin's voice over in the Clone Wars animated series, which is wicked. Really, really cool. Really impressive. Uh, the game looks beautiful, plays beautiful. However, as we briefly mentioned in the last episode, what I'm really looking forward to is that single-player Star Wars game. Yeah, I've only actually played the Chosen One update once just to see what Anakin looked like and what he said and how he played, and he's so powerful, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but he's but super powerful. I, I like Battlefront for an hour every now and then, pretty much every now and then. I've kind of lost touch with it because... Like Luke said, I want a single-player game which lasts for longer than a few hours. I want a really detailed, um, really detailed adventure. And judging by what Jedi Fallen Order is going to be about, the last of the Padawans or whatever, I, I just give me that. I love Battlefront, but give me this new game because that's more of what I'm after. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. That's pretty much it for Battlefront. Me and Luke play it very, very sparsely. But um, we we also had Topher Grace released a trailer called Star Wars Always, which merged all 10 films. Nine or 10 films. This is bad of me. 10 films. And um, (laughs) I was just trying to to remember how many films were. Merged all of the films together into like a narrative to kind of tell the story of the saga. And I thought it was brilliant. And I I know you've seen it because I sent it to you. Yes. Yes. I saw it and it made me incredibly emotional, incredibly emotional. Um, It was just a happy, brilliantly produced, brilliantly crafted video that was everything brilliant about Star Wars, from the prequels to the originals to the sequels. And it put Star Wars in a wonderful, wonderful light. And uh, I I heard, actually read that um, one of the reasons uh, Topher Grace did that was I think he's studying um, about post-production or something. Interesting. Uh, so that was really cool. Obviously, Topher Grace is an actor. He's known mm-hmm. uh, mostly for his lead role in That 70s Show, playing Eric Red Redman, um, which is a quality TV show. Uh, it's on Netflix if anyone's interested. Um, but, yeah, super cool, super amazing. And that ending just uh, – there was a little tear in my eye. It was great. It was really good. Blilo is not one to hide his emotions and thinks soon enough 
well, in about a year and a half, we'll have episode nine's going to be added to that somehow. And I can't wait. Uh, talking about ending, Star Wars Resistance season one has pretty much ended. So for those of you who are following it, you would, you would now know. No spoilers, of course, because it's just come out. But we are now at the Force Awakens stage. We are uh, Events that happened in that film have happened in this second to last episode of Resistance. It ends on Saturday, which is five days from now, which is what, the 18th of March, 17th, 16th of March. And that's the final episode of this season. And it's looking like it's going to be a doozy. So everybody out there who hasn't seen it, I wasn't sold on Resistance to start with because it didn't seem particularly vital. But now we're in, we're actually on the timelines of the films. It's getting quite juicy. And then in other news, we have, well, in other news, in episode nine news, we have some footage being shown to the shareholders at the Disney shareholder meeting. Uh, That was on the weekend. Um, So we actually have some reports on episode nine. None of it's spoilerific, really. Um, No plot points, mostly visual. And what a lot of people need to remember is that generally um, it's a montage of lots of different Disney films um, under under the Disney umbrella. So that includes Marvel, that includes uh, Disney's own stuff, so like Aladdin, um, and then some episode nine footage too. Um, there was a uh, gentleman on Twitter. Well, I haven't actually got his username or anything handy, but I've seen it, and I'm guessing you've probably seen it as well, Matt. Yeah, uh, I've seen it. You know, well, the, the I've seen the. I haven't seen the the footage, no. But yeah, no, I know. no, 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 no. And uh, listen, one of, one of the main things I got from it is that it's most mostly visual. It's mostly visual stuff. No plot points. No nothing um, super um, emotive. Um, although everything we have heard is great, um, and I don't class any of it as spoilerific. Really, um, I think there's descriptions of uh, Ray, a certain hairstyle. Um, probably one of the coolest things to come out of it was that Kylo or Ben Solo um, was. It still had Vader's mask and was yes. looking at that in a big white room, a kind of like Tantive Four style bright room from what I heard. And one, one thing to remember is that the, the, the guy who's reporting all of this, he's with a lot of details, he's saying it went by so quick. And obviously they don't they they can't really video it, they can't video it, they can't take pictures. That a lot of details are kind of they they come and go or he's or he didn't notice some things and so on and so forth. But a lot of people were going crazy on the internet for that. Yeah, we've got to see a little bit of Lando, literally at his head. But yeah, like Luke said, it's pretty it's visual. You just see there's, uh, apparently there's one line of dialogue. It's just pretty much here's the characters. I think JJ Abrams put it together himself, so it's there's no spoilers at all, and it's. I, I heard somebody else saying recently that what are the chances that none of that actually makes it into the film? He's just kind of <laughs> cobbled together pieces and said, "Oh no, show them that. We're not putting yeah. it in the film." But nope, they don't know that, do they? So yeah, no, um, no, no. And I, and I, I heard as well that actually some of the shots were behind the scenes anyway. Yeah, one of them was Ray uh, doing some wire work, flipping around on wires That's with a lightsaber, right. which That's sounds right, yeah. prequelishly cool. Uh, the guy who. Put it out on Twitter. Is a guy called Scott Ladwig uh, at oh, Ladwig L- at L A D E W I G on Twitter. If you want to go and read all of them, because like I said, there's no spoilers. It's just a quick description of one guy trying to remember what he heard. But it, it it's starting to get real now. Footage is out there, even if it is behind the scenes. And talking of Episode Nine, 
Matt Smith, the doctor, the good doctor, who had, who during a variety exclusive was named as part of the cast, has now come out and said, I'm not in episode nine. I did news to me. So it, just on that last bit of news there, uh, would you like to see Matt Smith in there? Or do you think this is another JJ uh, pulling the wool over our eyes and he may be Snoke, young Palpatine or somebody else? Um, When I first heard about Matt Smith being in episode nine, was I one of the guys really excited about it? No. <laughs> no, I wasn't. It's Doctor. He's Doctor Who. Yeah. He's Doctor Who, and he's uh, Prince Philip in The Crown. That's course, what he yes. is. <laughs> um, I was really surprised. Um, and I, I immediately thought he could be playing a droid, or maybe an alien, mm-hmm. or or something, something else. But if it is just plain old humanoid, basic Matt Smith, um, hey, nothing against Guy, great actor, seems like a nice dude, uh, but n- not for me. Not for me. But hopefully, if he is in it, I'm proven wrong. Um, but I was kind of relieved when I heard about this. It sounds to me a bit like uh, some fake news. So there we go. <laughs> fake news has made its way onto the podcast. <laughs> fake news. Fake. Yeah, make podcasting great again. Yeah. Now, yeah. anyone out there listening, pretend I never alluded to that person. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's the kind of the main news since we last went on. There's probably loads more, but... We, we would be here all year. So before we go to our main segment, I have a very quick game. Because uh, by the time we record our Celebrating Celebration episode, that's what it's called now, I've decided, we, we're going to know what the title of episode nine is by the time we record our next podcast. So for fun, I've quickly collated and cobbled together a list of title theories and ideas that I've seen online. And the game is very simple, Blilo. I read the list out and we can only answer yes or no as to whether we like them. So... <laughs> So yes okay. or no? So okay. Blilo right. Ren, are you ready? There's a there's a I'm few. I'm ready. Yeah, big time. I'm ready. First okay. one. Star Wars Origins of the Force. Yes, but just no for just. me. Just uh, Resurrection of the Lights. No. No. The Immortal Lights. No. No. The Force War. The what? The Force War. The Force War. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. They get better. No. Uh, Balance. No. No. Hang on, what was that? Just balance? Just balance. Star Wars balance. Star Wars balance. Star Wars balance. Hmm. Man, that sounds like a Star Wars-themed trampoline or something. No. (laughs) A bad card. Uh, How about the Chosen One? Ooh. Yes. Ooh, I say no, only because I thought we already had a chosen one. How does Fall of the Darkness sound? Mm, no, but just. No. Just well, so, a no. I've got a few more, and some of them are truly fabulous. So, uh, Duality of the Force. Oh, oh, okay, getting a bit more tasty. I'm going to just say yeah. Okay. Tri- Trials of the Chosen. Yes. A Spark of Hope. No. No. Rise of the Resistance. No. Right, Return of the Jedi, Rise of the Resistance. Spectres of the Past. Yes. He likes that one. How about the Padawan of Hope? <laughs> no. <laughs> do no. anything. Uh, no, thanks. Yeah. Lord of the Beyond. No. 
bit War Doctor of Ish. the Fates. You think you like this one actually? War of the Fates was that one you liked, or was it Jewel of the Fates? It was Jewel of Fates, but I like War of Fates too. That sounds cool. But Star Wars War of the Fates. Star I don't Wars, know. War I don't know. Fates. Star no. Wars War. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> How about this is the this is the original one for apparently for the Force Awakens was the Ancient Fear. Oh, Star Wars: The Ancient Fear. I like it. Yes, I do like it's... it as long as they can work it into Snokey somehow. Or oh yeah, big time, big time. Or Snoke's race from the Outer Rim. Just saying. Yep. Well, I've got five more, and uh, you save the best for last. <laughs> Clash of uh... the Lightsabers. No, <laughs> I liked Clash. I liked I liked Clash of so Clash of the Lights. Uh, Dawn of the Ashler. Dawn of the Ashler. Because I think the Ashler was the original title for the Jedi back in George Lucas's very first script. Oh please, no! Here we go. <laughs> to walk the sky. <laughs> this is a joke. No. <laughs> Uh, it's this, <laughs> this one is incredible. Right, I, I got, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Wren of Destiny. <laughs> oh, for crap's sake! The Wren of no. Destiny. And no. last one: Star Wars Episode Nine: Tell That the Candy Club. Oh yes, win, 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 win. <laughs> win. So they are some of the more colourful ones. The Wren of Destiny. So they are the ones I could find. So what? Maybe five of those I think Blilo was a fan of and the other 20. I'm picky. I'm picky. I know I'm picky. No, some of them are awful. But <laughs> to be honest, to walk the sky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. that was good. So much for yes and no, though. You you, you, you knew I wasn't going to just say yes and no. Yeah, I'm, such a, I'm such a chatterbox. I know why was that going to happen. There's nothing wrong with that. But some of them are... The the Wren of Destiny. Um, oh, brilliant. I may even subtitle this show as The Wren of Destiny. So um, that's all that out of the way. So let's get to the main part of the show now. Tonight, under this very chilly hoff sky, we're going to be running down our top ten moments from the live-action Star Wars movie, so not including the Clone Wars movie. Uh, so they might be major saga-shattering moments or just smaller little moments in the, in the saga. Now, we haven't shared our choices beforehand, so I've got no idea what Luke's chosen, so this could be very interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Just like the Clone Wars did, begun the countdown has. So, Luke, let's kick it off with your number 10. My number 10, it's a really good one, in my opinion. And it's the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. It's the opening of it. Um, I think, let let me summarise it in a sentence. This is where the fun begins. Yes. There we go. I mean, say no more. I think the, the opening to Revenge of the Sith is probably one of my favourite openings to a Star Wars film. I think it's it's pretty flawless. It's really cool. And and I'm and I'm a prequel boy. I grew up with the prequels. Uh, Revenge of the Sith was was unbelievable as a um, as a kid in the cinema. Brilliant, great. Yeah, seeing Obi Wan and Anakin and their cool little starfighters coming over the top of that uh, star star destroyer and then spinning because that's a good trick. Spinning. <laughs> and then entering this massive battle, which just comes out of nowhere over, over a Coruscant, and it's visually it's awesome. Plus, you get to see Obi Wan and Anakin have a bit of fun together. They're having a good laugh together, so it sets up well the whole rest of the film basically, because the whole the rest of the film is it's just go 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 from there. But I really liked that, and that was one of my honourable mentions was the opening to Revenge of the Sith. Um, my number ten is the throne room battle from Return of the Jedi, probably most people's number one. 
But uh, so that's the culmination of what was then the only trilogy. We met the Emperor. We watched him taunt and tempt Luke to the dark side, and he's testing Vader's allegiance. It's more fast-paced than their dueling Empire. Plus, you get moments like Vader stalking Luke uh, and questioning whether his sister is going to turn to the dark side. Then you cue angry Luke tapping into something kind of dark and taking Vader down and his hand. And it's that point Luke becomes a Jedi Master. He throws his lightsaber aside and says to the Emperor, I'm a Jedi like my daddy before me. I'm not going to strike him down. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant little battle and emotional moment for the family of the Skywalkers and for the end of that trilogy. Yeah, big time. Good good shout, good shout. Thank you. That's, that's the number 10. It's number nine. Number nine for me? Um, well, okay. So this one is actually the Darth Maul versus Qui-Gon and the Obi-Wan fight. It's another prequel one. Um, th- for me, this is the highlight of episode one. Um, so, so brilliantly choreographed, although, uh, to a lot of people, I guess that's probably one of the problems of it is that it is so choreographed, but like I said, you know, the film came out in 1999. I, I was, I was real tiny then. Um, and all I can remember is recreating that battle with my friends in, in the park. You know, it was mesmerizing. It, it was incredible. So that mixed with the incredible john williams soundtrack <laughs> i mean yeah there we go so that that's my number nine yeah luke's not quite so small now uh, he's quite tall in fact <laughs> <laughs> my number nine is order 66 from revenge of the sith oh yes it's the bad guys winning darth sidious obviously everybody knows that execute order 66 the jedi decimating the slaughtered across the galaxy again this is going to be a theme set to a haunting john williams score you got uh, Ayla Secura, Felucia, Plo Koon gets gunned down on, uh, over Kato Naimoida. Ki Adi Mundi gets, blow, um, gets shot to pieces on my Gito. The Young Lens, Master Skywalker, Blywalker, what are we going to do? Um, it, and just before that as well, we've got Palpatine and Mace going at it. Palpatine, Al- Anakin lops his hand off and he's then proclaimed Darth Vader. Uh, and it, to me, it's just a moment that the Sith have their revenge. That's the moment where the revenge of the Sith happens and Palpatine's reign of terror starts. So Order 66, for all its tragedy, is my number nine moment out of the entire saga. Wow, brilliant. I think that's a brilliant one. Really good. I I agree with me as well. (laughs) Number eight. Um, (laughs) So I didn't didn't want to say too much um, about what you just spoke about, but... Mine, number eight, is Order 66. So far, it's just been prequel moments, <laughs> which, is, which is funny. But yeah, I know, I know. It, it, it changes up. It changes up, trust me. But yeah, no, Order 66, I think, was heartbreakingly brilliant. Um, how did we respond? And it cracks me up now, because all I think of is, on a, is in our last podcast, we, I called it like a montage. Yes, right. Yeah. And it's just, and you were like, oh, yeah, beautiful montage of death. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so oh, that cracks me up. But no, um, Order 66 is is brilliant. And it's iconic. It's it's just so epic. And it's the turning point. It's the turning point of the saga. So, yeah, that's that's my number eight. So next time you watch that, imagine Luke sitting there rubbing his hands in glee as all the 66 happens and everyone's getting shot down. 
<laughs> we are going pretty prequel heavy in a minute. My number eight is uh, the Anakin versus Obi Wan, the Battle of the Heroes at the end of Revenge of the Sith. The Sith, because um, yeah, a following Order sixty six, we then get that, and the whole trilogy's been leading up to that moment, and it's been over, over ten minutes of battle in in and out of Mustafar inside the kind of gothic interiors and those volcanic hellish exteriors it gets similar to the uh, Obi-Wan Qui-Gon it gets flack for being a bit too flashy at times but come on we needed something to end the saga off something big and we got it it's an epic battle guess what with an epic score the battle of the hero score Obi-Wan gets to high ground and then gets to um, lecture Anakin after he's just lopped all his limbs off. But, I mean, after everything that's preceded it, because I've just mentioned the chaos of Revenge of the Sith, the Battle of Coruscant, saving the Chancellor, killing Dooku, the Battle of Utapal uh, and killing Grievous, Order 66, Vader's birth, Zoda and Sidious, the, ho- the Revenge of the Sith is packed, and it ends, off, ends with this battle. And after that, we kind of get the relative calm of the kids being sent to Alderaan and Tatooine. But the battle... I really like this battle, and I think Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen are excellent in that battle. And the choreography, sorry, is insane. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So basically, you just, in a much more wonderful way and better articulated way, <laughs> you just summarised uh, my number 10. But yeah, <laughs> totally, totally agree. 100% agree. I could Couldn't never be more, more eloquent than Blylo Wren. So, um, number seven. Well, number seven, what have we got? So, for number seven, this this is an emotional one. For me, the, the music, the cinematography, and, and it says so much by, by doing so little, really, it's the binary sunset Ooh. with Luke. Luke's on Tatooine, and he's we we I I, I just watched this scene on uh, Sunday two days ago, and I, I watched the New Hope. You know, there's this farm boy who's a little bit moany. You know, he's not had a a great life. You know, he's been really you know he's not been dealt some great cards. You know, and he looks out to the sunset, and he knows there's something else out there for him, and. I think that's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I'm, I'm cheating a little bit here because I'm also going to use The Last Jedi to full circle this when Luke um, passes at the end of The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. He's looking at the, at the binary sunset. Although he's, although he's physically on, on dark, um, um, Acto, um, he, he actually sees the twin suns before, before he uh, passes to become a force ghost, which we know is going to happen in episode nine, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> which we know is going to happen. Um, so I hope you don't mind, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm quite, I, I think I can just about get away with kind of Luke with the binary sunset, the, the beginning of his journey, and then that whole. And I'm, I'm going to include the force projection in that because it's it's all the reason why he comes full circle again. So again, he's fighting Kylo Ren. He's he saves the resistance, and his his moment of bravery, his moment is the spark that lights the rebellion, and it becomes full circle again. He ends on the binary sunset, and I think that is is just absolutely a stunning bit of storytelling and cinema. 
I think I need the tissues now after hearing that. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I won't say too much about that because it may come up again later on. But what I will say is very well. I like the idea of having Luke's overall kind of bookended bookend of an arc as that number because yeah, they they all link in together. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole point. That's why it's the Skywalker saga, and we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see a bit more of that in Episode Nine. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I certainly hope so. Otherwise, Mark Hamill will be displeased. But um, my number seven was one you've already mentioned: uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan versus Maul from the Phantom Menace. Pretty much everything that Luke said. It's the highlight of Episode One, and whatever people think about the Phantom Menace, it's pretty hard to argue that this duel wasn't awesome. It was completely different to any lightsaber duels we'd ever seen before. Uh, it was polished, yet still a little bit raw. Because I rewatched it the other week. And it's not, it, yes, it's highly choreographed, but there are still some moments where it is just, you know, blood, sweat, and thunder. Um, and it also, it was shot differently. It was far less static than the original trilogy, a lot more fluid. So you kind of felt, yeah. you felt the pacing. You got Darth yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Darth Maul's double-ended lightsaber. It's the first time we really see Obi-Wan in a proper lightsaber battle after, obviously, the very slow one in A New Hope. And it's set to the Duel of the Fates, which is what Luke mentioned. And back in 1999, on the big screen, as a young lad, that was awesome to see, and it still holds up now. So happy to say it's in my top seven, uh, top ten, and my pretty prequel heavy top ten so far. So, um, what have we got going for number six? Right, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just straight up say I'm a cheater <laughs> um, because it's more like Luke's top. 12 than top 10 it's hard wasn't it (laughs) it's super hard so i i tried to compose and i'm listen i'm pretty sure i've left out some moments um so uh, just bear bear (laughs) with me okay um but these ones i've put together just because the themes are quite similar ish more that they've just got combat in them they're fighting in them anyway it's Anakin versus Obi-Wan for what what you just mentioned um again you 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 put it brilliantly but it it, it's just the climax of of the prequel trilogy um and there's this moment that I think is super cool in the duel um where Anakin and Obi-Wan are like both spinning their lightsabers basically like around their bodies and they're doing like the same trick at the same time because obviously they've fought together they know each other's moves and they're gonna fight in a pretty similar manner um so so cool and and the end of that is 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 a again it's a little heartbreaking um you just see the Anakin dissolve effectively yeah. and literally into um, <laughs> into Darth Vader. Um so yeah, and plus, you know, the high ground. Yeah, it spawned a thousand memes, but he did have the high ground. Oh. Uh, prequel memes are my life. <laughs> no. I, I do follow some prequel memes and I What did you have for breakfast, Luke? Prequel memes. Beautiful. Uh I like the obviously oh, it's not even a prequel meme. I was gonna say the one where I know what you have for Christmas, Luke. I have felt your presence. Darth says to Luke Skywalker, that's my favourite one, but it's not even a prequel meme, so I've spoiled it now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, wow. I do apologise, but yeah, um, I could find, I could think of so many. I follow so many of those stupid accounts. But it's so good, so good. I can spend hours looking at that. But li- listen, uh, so I've, I've, I've put another scene, I know it's really cheap, I've put another, another scene joint with this, 
um, because emotionally it, it gave me, I think, a, a, a similar buzz. Um, and it, it, again, it ends kind of in in a in a good but negative way, and that's the throne room scene. Ooh. Kylo and Ray versus the Praetorian Guards, I think, is probably one of my favorite lightsaber fights, although they actually never fight each other with the lightsabers. Yeah, They're fine. It's the, it's the Last Jedi is the only um, film in the saga where no lightsabers are clashing with each other. No, That's right, you're right, yeah. yeah Luke Because Luke and Kylo never actually yeah, fight with sabers, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's that, um, <laughs> but I I think the way that is 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 filmed and and written as well is is stunning, absolutely stunning, and I love I love the different um styles Ray and Kylo yeah. have. Ray, you can tell she's a bit of a rookie, but she's she's strong. She's she's obviously knows how to fight because you know she's grown up with her star. And she's angry. Um, and, and she's angry, she's she's super angry. Um, but I think throughout the whole fight, she only has like one or two guards. Kylo immediately has like a, yeah. a, like a massive gang against yeah. him. But the way he fights, it's so, it's like a medieval knight yeah. wearing heavy clunky armor. And yet his, his, his like brute power and force is just, oh, man. And, and there's so much going on on both of them. I love that scene. And then obviously it ends with Ray and Kylo kind of going their separate ways, just like Obi-Wan and Anakin. So that's how I've kind of tied those two together for a strong number six. It's a very strong number six. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I can beat it, but Angry Ray gives me utter life. I love Angry Ray so very much, but uh, that throne room scene is it, the way I say the way that's shot almost like a big old long take. We've spoken about it before. They shot it when they shot the shot it. They did each take as one long take. So they they shot the fight, and then they shoot it again from different angles. So you're not they're not they're not uh, doing piece by piece and then stitching it together. It's one long fluid wow. fight, and it's so Never it's that. so well done that they Adam Daisy and the the guys playing the Victorian guard had to learn the entire fight. Uh, and it's, it's just another, another way that Ryan Johnson shows that he's fabulous at his craft. Yes, he really is. But number six, it include for me, it includes those guys, Ray versus Kylo. It's the battle at the end of the force awakens on Starkiller base. Um, it's the badly wounded Kylo, which lots of people seem to forget that Kylo Ren's been shot in the gut with Chewie's bowcaster. Um, and Finn yeah. got a shot on his shoulder. He he dispatches Finn. He finishes him finishes him off. Um, and then you got the moment where the saber in the snow calls to Ray in that wicked scene, and you get the expression on her face, the music, and the stakes. Yes, the battle. And what I like about it is the battle after the prequels, which were criticised for being too over, too over choreographed. This battle felt raw, a bit real, a bit clum- yeah. bit clumsy at times as well. But I liked it. And you've got the beautiful snowy setting with the blue and the red lightsabers. You've got the trees falling. That was what I mentioned before. That's what I wanted. When I heard that there was going to be this kind of fight, I had this image of two lightsabers going at it in the snow. And it just sounded beautiful. And it looked it. And um, you got yeah, Kylo try, he's trying not to kill her. He wants to train her. Ray, you know, the force awakens inside of her. She then taps into the dark side if you listen to the novel. And takes Kylo down like a fool before the ground splits between them. And I've got to say, 
how many people, because I kind of did in the cinema, how many people thought that that lightsaber got flung out of the snow was going to land in Luke Skywalker's hand? Mm. Did you think that, or was it just... Because I know a few people did, but I... when it happened, a bit of me thought, is this the moment where we see Luke? Because he hadn't been in the film all, all up until that point. Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that. I, For me, it was all going so quickly... I wasn't even sure. I, I'll be dead honest. I did not think in the film, oh, that's going to be Luke. I just watched. <laughs> and I was so immersed into what was going on. And I I, I just thought, I, and plus like Han Solo just died. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, but still, still, oh, what a scene. Yep, I could watch that over and over again. And in fact, I'm probably going to later on tonight. So let's get into the business end, the top five. And we're talking business now. Belilo Ren, number five. What have we got? Wow. Uh, so again, we, you know what, Matt? We must have really good taste because my number five is Ray versus yes. Kylo at the end of the Force <laughs> I'm sorry, Awakens. Still got it's, it's, again, it, it's the imagery, it's the, it's the passion. It's it's everything. It, uh, it it's just so wonderfully done, wonderfully done, and there's so much reason for it. You know, people don't like don't like that there's this girl who can't come along and you know beat Kylo, who just got shot by a bowcaster. Yeah. That you know we've talked we talked about this in a previous podcast. You know, the dude is so weak and like He's people get out. flown. <laughs> People will get flown off. There's like Chewie's bowcaster was like whacking stormtroopers left, right, and centre. They were getting blown away. Kylo just stood there, took it to the to the to the chest or wherever it hit him, and the dude's still like fighting, and he still he was winning. He he was beating her. She was on the defensive. And he wanted to. She was on the defensive, and. And he wanted to train her. He wanted to manipulate, put her into a corner and say, look, I can train you. Join me. And then the force awoke in her properly. She, she, she tapped into that, <laughs> that, that um, pure power. Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. But you, it, it's a beautiful scene. It's beautifully shot. The red and blue lightsabers in the darky, snowy woods. Oh, it's special. It's special. No two ways about it. I'm going to watch it after we've done this. <laughs> I'm going to sit there. Oh, for I'm sure. Watch it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, I've gone for number five. Is something that Master Blywalk has already mentioned. It's the Force Projection Luke from The Last Jedi. Ooh. True Jedi moment. The first time I saw it, I kind of wondered, when did Luke Skywalker have time to dye his hair and his beard? But I never picked up on the other signs, like when he moves his foot in the salt and you don't see the red yeah. uh, under layer. I never picked up on that until afterwards, but it's the ultimate way to defeat the First Order in that battle. No violence, the Jedi way. He'd spent the entire movie, you know, uh, denouncing the Jedi and the Force. And at the end, Luke comes back to turn the tide of battle in such an awesome way, despite, obviously, the toll on his physical, mental self killed him. But what, for me, what a way to go out. It wasn't in some stupid way, that, like, using the Force to pull the Star Destroyers out of the sky and taking down the entire First Order by himself with a lightsaber. I don't want to see that. I didn't, that, that would have just been over-the-top powers. Uh, you know, it would have it would have ruined yeah. it and it would have been totally out of place. He made Kylo, Kylo yeah. look like a punk in front of all of his gang. And he allowed what left, what's left of resist, resistance to escape to safety. So, 
for me, that was the ultimate show of force usage and that Luke Skywalker became the most powerful Jedi Master there is. And again, he did it the Jedi way. A Jedi doesn't use his power for bad, for violence, for bad, he, or for attack. You know, he did it the right way. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliantly said. Beautifully put. You can tell you review films. <laughs> you, yeah, you can definitely tell you ramble on. That's why. <laughs> now you're re- you're really good at uh, expressing uh, those sort of thoughts, and uh, it, it's just really good. Make makes a lot of sense. Brilliantly put, mate. Well, thank brilliantly you very much. Put. I'll try not to ramble as we go on because now we're getting into the the top four now. So uh, force projection loop was now number five. Master Blywalker was oh. number four. Oh, wow. So, like I said, this is getting really hard. <laughs> really, really hard. Um, and I can think of hundreds of, of moments. And I'm sure my list will change. Yeah. Um, you know, but number four, it's the first and only mention from a scene from a standalone film. Ooh. And it, it has to be. It has to be. The Vader scene at the end of Rogue One. That's my number four as well. <laughs> You're kidding yeah, me. <laughs> You're kidding me. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting <laughs> it. And I remember, vividly remember being in the cinema thinking, no. Whoa. No. And that that moment felt like it lasted yeah. a lot longer than it did. Mm. That dark yeah, wow. And and uh, I think that's one of the best moments in film history <laughs> from, a villain, from a villain perspective. I mean, it's just pure carnage. It's just pure power. Where, and I do just, ah, oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's all you could say, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what... What else can I say? Oh, oh, oh! Since you, we already know it's your number four. What, yeah, what, what's your what's your feelings on this? I know you love. I struggled where to put it because I thought should I just put it as number one? But I thought ah, with what I've got coming up, I thought oh, these moments meant different. It made me, you know, it, they meant more to me in different ways. Whereas this just made me just want to jump and punch the air. I was so excited. But everything you just said, the, the soldiers just look like they've seen just. The worst thing they could, a demon or something in front of them when Vader's lightsaber comes up, comes out, and you just see him bathed in red. It's like it's incredible. And I mentioned just now about um, Luke Skywalker pulling Star Destroyers out of the sky and how that would have been gratuitous and over the top. This worked because it wasn't gratuitous, it was just a guy in a hallway just slashing people down. And what I mean by that is he uses the force, yes, to lift the guy to the ceiling, but other than that, it is just like a madman slashing people in a hallway. He's, you know, he's not like taking the ship apart with his bare hands. So I think it worked just simply because it was like a slasher film. The the boogeyman in the hallway just taking falls down left, right, and centre. And yes, they were eventually unarmed men, but still pretty cool to watch, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it's still <laughs> and the score, cool. which was very prequel esque, uh, Mustafar Anakin esque. The only it's such a w- brilliant excitement and atmosphere. It was pure unadulterated fan service, but holy moly, did I love it and I still do. Wow, yeah, it's it's a brilliant scene. <laughs> and it's one of those scenes that I will just type into YouTube every now and then and just watch on the toilet. Yeah. Um or, or with watch. a beer on the sofa. <laughs> you know, one of those very, 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 very special moment. 
very Best special moment I've ever seen in the cinema, and it still is to this day. Just and I just just like to say, un shameless fun. But I, I'm not starting to notice that Master Blywalker enjoys the montage of Death Order sixty six plus unarmed rebels <laughs> being slaughtered by a madman. So yeah, I'm starting to see a pattern here. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's see what massacre is number three. What have we got for number three? For massacre, it's not a massacre. This one's a party. Yeah. Um, number three is the ending to Return of the Jedi. It's it's wonderful. The victory song, the Ewoks dancing, everyone being cheerful. Luke leaning in against that tree and looking up, he can see Obi Wan, Yoda, and his father there redeemed. And then he looks back and he's got him and his friends. You know, they're all together. Mm-hmm. The gang are all together and they're all smiling, having fun. That is, it's lovely. It really is lovely. But the, the true sense of the word, it's just really nice and lovely. And it makes me feel good. That's my number three. Just when you put it like that, he's got his kind of mentors and force friends on one side and his father. And then and behind him are his actual friends. When you kind of put it like that, it does sound really happy. And I love the Victory it's Celebration amazing. song. Yup, Nub is fine, but I really prefer the Victory Celebration song that they added I, in the special edition. Uh, I completely agree. I think the Victory Celebration is is so um, fitting yeah. to the moment. And, and I think it was a great choice. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of encapsulates the galaxy rather than that little part of Endor. Um, yeah. My number three is... The greatest twist in movie history. I am your father, and it's I, the reasons it's number three is because, well, because I got two moments that I thought were better. But um, even now, it's such a brilliant reveal. You got the you got Luke, the hero of the, a new hope and the rebellion, is beaten down by the most feared man in the galaxy. Um, oh. and Vader le- le- puts out his hand, you know, join me, we can rule the galaxy. And then he drops the bombshell, which is also one of the most misquoted lines in film history. He drops the bombshell, <laughs> yeah. no, I am your father. It's such a brilliant plot twist, which I'm so glad that Lucas, you know, redid his drafts enough to get that in. And it threw up so many questions for the audience and the hero. Mark Hamill was great in the scene because the line was, which, that was fed to him was, Obi-Wan killed your father, which is still cool, but it's nowhere near as massive as that Vader reveal. So for number three was... Just for the power, and even now when I watch it, it's still powerful. Is I am your father from the Empire Strikes Back. Brilliantly put. I I I, I can't I can't say any more for for a good reason. Let's go to number two then. Okay. So, <laughs> oh man. Okay, you're not gonna like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like such an idiot. Um, is it bad that I missed out I Am Your Father from my top ten? <laughs> I um, wasn't going to put it in. What a moron. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to change my number two. <laughs> my, no, okay. So um, <laughs> I Am Your Father. I'm, I'm going to go on the back of yours. I Am Your Father is is brilliant. it's a cinematic masterpiece and it's everyone knows that scene everyone knows that scene and it's what things like marvel it's what things like harry potter all these franchises oh well harry potter was written in books but yeah still after empire strikes back it's moments like that big epic sagas and stories aspire to those sort of twists and it's wonderful. 
It's it's so brilliantly done. Mark Hamill's acting in it is is sublime. It's so good, and and the whole scene is just brilliantly done. It's so brilliantly done. I would, however, <laughs> just like to mention that as again as a prequel boy growing up with the prequels to me that 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 monumental revelation just doesn't quite hit the punch as some other moments for me so if luke wasn't such a moron hmm. and added it in his list i could imagine that maybe <laughs> being a number 4 okay so so yeah, just take 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 that with a grain of salt. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Matt. I'm so sorry, listeners. I'm so sorry, Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I forgot that. All subjective, hey, my man. Hey, it's it's been it's been a long week. It's been a long week already. <laughs> anyway, um, before they uh, come out and lynch me, my number two is this is good. This is a different one. This is going to surprise you. Okay, I think it's actually a moment that's really close to my heart. Where in 2015. We saw The Force Awakens in the first time at the cinemas. I had all my friends around me and stuff. And uh, I've been waiting for this film for for years. Like we all were. For years we were waiting for this moment. And it was was a magical experience. But the the film didn't feel really, really like a Star Wars film. Or Or maybe I should put it like this. It didn't it didn't settle in that I was watching a Star Wars film until Poe and Finn were escaping the Star Destroyer, okay? And they were flying away in the the TIE fighter and they managed to, you know, scram through the cannons and stuff and shoot one of the cannons and stuff. And he goes, oh, what's your name? What's your name? He's like, FN2187. He's like, FN, what? What? (laughs) He's like, well, he's like, that's the only name they gave us. He went, yeah, well, I'm not using it. And he goes, FN, huh? Finn, how about I call you Finn? He's like, Finn, yeah, I like that. And he's like, nice to meet you, Finn. Nice to meet you, Poe. At that moment, hairs stood up on my arm. I got goosebumps. I had a tear in my eye because that moment, I was like, this is the new generation. This is another chapter of Star Wars. And I love these characters. I love where this is going. I love what adventures are going to lay ahead. I love the aesthetic. I love what they're wearing. I love what they're saying. I love how they're interacting with each other. At that moment, I knew this was going to be a brilliant film. And that's why it's my number two. It's 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 unconventional, uh, unconventional. Sorry, <laughs> uh, and, and it's really I can imagine really niche, and and it's it's my number two because for for that moment on, I wasn't in the world, I wasn't have facing my problems outside of of uh, the cinema. Um, I was just enjoying myself with some of my closest friends and family in my life in the cinema watching watching this amazing film and uh yeah that's pretty special bravo but that's what it's all about though because it doesn't have to be those you know shattering moments like i am your father it comes down to what means what what you get from it and when it what it means to you and that's what the whole saga is why it's so special because little moment it's true though it's two guys who've never met from opposing sides coming together 
you know, a conflicting ideal, if you'd imagine, but coming together and one gives the other an identity and it sets everything in motion. And John Boyega and Oscar Isaac are excellent actors anyway, but they're so good in that scene. Um, yeah, and like I said, it made, it made me smile listening to the passion that comes out of Master Blywalker's voice because he's full of it. And I can see why it's your num- why it's your number two. Um, you've already mentioned yeah. my number two, which I'm quite pleased about because it means I haven't got to say too much about it. But number two was Binary Sunset for me because oh, yeah. just like you said, it's simplicity at its finest. The farm boy dreaming of a wider galaxy, a uh, future amongst the stars, bigger things in just adventure. The Force theme or Binary Sunset swelling against the sight of Luke looking at those famous twin suns. Uh, bathed and washed, if you will, in their orange glow, was a cinematic beauty. And it was all of us, as a kid, or even now as an adult, looking out into the horizon dream. And I still look out of my um, front room window and think, look up at the clouds and think, maybe one day I'm going to be up there as a cloud rider. But then I realise it's not real. But to me, it's real. It's still real to me. <laughs> but um, it is. It's just, you know, it's just looking out into the distance and just dreaming and just hoping and it is. It's the music. It's my. It's the. I love the fact that there's no words or anything. It's just Mark Hamill's face, looking at the suns with that music and the atmosphere and the um, environment. Sorry, and the colours palette. Everything just comes together so cinematically and also personally. It is uh, just a beautiful moment. It's my. It's my number two. Every time I see it, it gives me the goosebumps. Um, so that's it. We've done ten to two. Couple of surprises, couple of obvious ones, and one Luke even forgot to mention for the major Darth Vader film. But <laughs> oh, that's what makes word. it. That's what makes it special, though, because I only put it in because it's what I think about when I think Star Wars. Even though I could probably think of ten other things to put above it, it is one of the things I think of. So let's of course, let's do it. Yeah. Let's get the drum roll. Number one, Master Blywalker. I'm intrigued. I think when I think of Star Wars, uh, my earliest memories it's the toys it's the magazines it's the characters it's the planets and it's also the mystery not not everything needs explaining with midichlorians <laughs> or, or, or whatever um and i think what kind of perfectly captures this is yoda and luke on dagobah mm. And Yoda teaching Luke really what the Force is about. It really is just a magical moment in cinema, and it and it and it's it it really carries an emotional weight for me because there's life lessons in it. Mm-hmm. It really it, is. It it, it it yeah. There's real life lessons in it. The Yoda looks phenomenal, phenomenal. It, the whole scene is wonderfully shot. It could be it's it's better than a lot of cinema today. Because <laughs> it's real out. as well. It, it, well it's, it's practical, real, it's sorry. Practical. Yeah. It, yeah, it's practical. It, it's it's it carries so much emotional weight, so much for the real world, you know. Um but also it's just it's just really fun, lovely. It's not super happy, but it's also not super sad. It's just a turning point, but a good one. It's something that Luke can learn from and build up on and, and teach others. And yeah, it, it just feels brilliant. It feels brilliant. And if 
anyone is going to go away and watch a scene again from from this podcast, just type on on YouTube the Yoda and Luke scene from Empire Strikes Back. It's it's just so good. It's so good. It's magical, isn't it? Um, it's magical. It really is. And 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 for me, it's Star Wars. Yeah, it's Star Wars. Um, that's my number one. It's a, Easily, it's a heck of a number one as Easily. well. Plus, you get them. You get all those quotes from Yoda, and the, and we get to hear Yoda's theme as well, which is such a. I mean, John mm. William. I mean, there's a podcast episode in the future. Top ten Williams Star Wars scores because there's so many of them. But Yoda, oh, so Yoda's many. theme, just hearing that, and like you say, it it feels magical because it it looks like it could be just a swamp on Earth, but there's something about it which gives it this otherworldly quality. It's that's like the ambiance to music and everything. It's it is a scene which I love watching now, and I know people say it's it's a slow scene in the middle of a film, but what do they know? It's a it's an excellent scene oh, in the middle of an excellent film, please, and it doesn't always need to please. be smash bang wallop. No, I I love it, and as a kid, I've loved, uh, I love I love it. As as a teenager, I love it. As an adult, I love it. Yeah, it it's it's so good. It's so good. Uh, and on that, you're allowed to like what you're allowed to like, by the way, just for that comment. If you don't like it, it's fine <laughs> yeah. before I get anyone telling me off. Um, yeah, I, oh, man, I, I, that didn't even make my top 10. And now now I feel silly because it's like it is one of those got quintessential moments. I've just said about Smash Bang Wallop. <laughs> my number one is complete Smash Bang Wallop. <laughs> and it's the entirety of the Battle of Scarif of Rogue One, the entirety of it. No! Yeah, to me, it's the best. What? No, yeah, see, I've, I've upset him. To me... It is the best of all Star Wars, and I'll tell you why, guys. You've got the Death Star plan heist is happening in one section. You've got the surface and the beach warfare. So you've got the boots on the ground happening. So you've got the espionage, the boots on the ground, actual war between the shore troopers and the and the kind of the pockets of the rebellion. And you've got that ridiculous space battle going up above. And it all intertwines together to create one long, exhilarating battle. And, like, for example, you get a, a starfighter gets shot down. It quickly cuts to the ground action. In the background, you see that same starfighter crashing. Um, everything linked so well, and it felt gritty and real. you got the sacrifices of the Rogue One team all doing their respective jobs before falling in battle. Obviously, Jin and Cassian fighting off Krennic to get the plans. The scores are excellent. Visually and effects-wise, it is stunning. It's just frantic, action-packed, and emotional Star Wars for me, at its finest. And because, like I say, you've got the space battle, the heist, and the ground battle, three elements of Star Wars, which for me, every f- trilogy has got some kind of heist where the good guys dress up as the bad guys and have to get some kind, some shattering uh, piece of information. You, you need a heck of a space battle. And this is probably, up. Uh, this is better to me than the Return of the Jedi space battle, which is hearsay to some, but uh, heresy to some, sorry. And... The actual battle on the ground is just so raw and redded. Those three elements, to me, individually are Star Wars. The war, the espionage, and the space battle. Put them together. Now, I hear you're surprised by that. I am surprised. But now you've explained it, it it makes total sense. And and, and I know how much you you absolutely uh, loved... Rogue oh, One, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 do you know what? From from a, I mean, the 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 effects on on that film were sublime. <laughs> they were so good, 
so good. Um, I mean, it just, it's the most lifelike Star Wars film, mm-hmm. I think. Um, ironically, I think it's better than The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and Solo. In, in, in our new era, Rogue One has, has a crazy quality to it when it, when it comes to its production and its effects. And, and a lot of that, you know, it, it's a big credit to Gareth Edwards and, and the rest of his team and a lot of the other guys that we know were brought in um, to help, uh, you know, quote-unquote improve mm. or clean up Rogue One. Whatever the hell they did, wow, what a result. What a result. Uh, and, and, yeah, great, great number one. Great number one. It's just a whole combined thing for me. It's number one. And like Luke said, it'll probably change next week. And um, it probably will do for me. <laughs> yeah. well, we have, I haven't, we haven't mentioned anything from Solo or Attack of the Clones on my honourable mentions because I had like thirty moments. You could chuck the Kessel Run in. I liked the the wedding scene at the end of Attack of the Clones because that pretty much is the moment where the galaxy is screwed. When Anakin <laughs> and Padme get married, that's it. Love is you know love will tear them apart and the rest of the galaxy but True. it is and things like True. I could chuck out the Hosmian Prime destruction, the Sarlacc pit. Vader's Redemption and yes, Return of the Jedi. Yes. Chewie, we're home. Mace versus Yoda. Sidious. Yoda and Luke in the last yes. Jedi. How good was that? Exactly. How good was the that? The Death Star run in A New Hope. Oh, so good. So There's so many. Meeting Rey in The Force Awakens was such a brilliant moment. And, and do you know what? A, a really, really good moment for me, or, or a, there's, there's been a few good moments um, across, across the board. We've named some really quality ones. <laughs> we have, but for, we? for me, there was, um, I, I loved Han meeting Chewie in Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm. That was really good. That was really good, and I loved that. Not quite top 10 um, for me. But still, I just wanted to mention that. Certainly an honourable mention. And again, like I enjoy Rogue One an awful lot, too much more than I should do probably. I know how much you enjoyed Solo. And I rewatched that the other day. And it's such a good little film, Solo, as it it, it succeeds at what it needs to do. And that's just be a very good Star Wars film. Um, but yeah, that moment, that moment, the Kessler on it, I say, oh, rescuing the princess, the new hope, meeting Ben Kenobi, meeting Han Solo. There's so many that we could have put in there. But I mean... If you agree or disagree of our top 10 or want to chuck some names at us up which we haven't uh, added onto it, let us know. Hit us up. We'll give you the details at the end of the show. But that's our top 10. And I certainly hope you guys uh, enjoy listening to our reasoning, whether you agree with it, of course. But I hope you certainly enjoyed where we were coming from. Um, so, yeah, that was our top 10. And what we're going to go into now is the last part of the show is something which is essentially session spotlight. It's canon character spotlight. Where Luke and myself, we select three random numbers which correspond to a random character from canon. None of that legend stuff from here. None of the Vong here. Um, and we shine a brief spotlight on them. So this could be yeah, Luke Skywalker or, or some guy who mops the floors in Resistance. Um, so, <laughs> Master Blywalker, who have you got first? Commander. Okay, so let, hang on. Let me take a sip of my beer before, the, before I do this. The, the, the canon thing always... <laughs> this stuff cracks me up. Hang on. There's always an answer to something in Star Wars. I've got right, tea and water me. and Luke's rocking okay. at the beer. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm living right. my wrong life. Okay, we're, at the, we're, we're toward the end of the podcast. I've, <laughs> I've earned it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I've got Alva Bren. 
Alva Bren is a human female who served in the Galactic Empire as a colonel and architect. She was responsible for transforming the Imperial Palace from its former identity as the Jedi Temple of the Old Jedi Order. During the reign of the Empire, she was assigned by Emperor Palpatine to design whatever Darth Vader deemed necessary on his home planet of Mustafar. After attempting to design Vader's castle, she was murdered by Lieutenant Rojo, Rogo, who had been possessed by the mask of the ancient Sith Lord, Momin. Notable appearances, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith comic, comics. A galactic interior designer, by the sounds of it, or something in architecture. Wow. Uh, Classic Alva. Yeah, R.I.P. Alva, just murdered for just doing her job. My first one is uh, Kin Sindralig who was a human male Jedi Master who served the Order during the Clone Wars. He was the head of the Jedi Temple Guard and a lightsaber instructor who was nicknamed the Troll by fellow Jedi. Nice. Uh, he guarded the temple after its bombing by Barris Offi and subsequent separate attack, separatist attack. However, Dralig was killed by Darth Vader during the attack on the Jedi Temple. Notable appearances, Kanan comic, The Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith where he was portrayed by Nick Gillard, the lightsaber coach and the stuntman on that show. Ah, I, okay. I love the Kanan comic. I love that comic arc. That was so good. That's one of my favourite Marvel comic, like canon Marvel yeah. comic series. Really, really good. Okay, okay. So taking things forward, I have Carbin. <laughs> Carbin is a Malmon Calamari who served as a commander during the Clone Wars. Towards the end of the conflict, his starship was damaged, causing considerable and untreatable injuries. He spent the next 18 years on life support, the final two of which he spent being enhanced with a cybernetic body, inspired by that of the late General Grievous, by Dr. Silo, and trained to replace Darth Vader as Palpatine's apprentice. He was killed by Darth Vader during the Battle of Rogus, as as Vader was hunting Luke Skywalker. In his last moments of life, he realized that Vader had a personal reason for pursuing Luke, but never knew what it was. Notable appearances, Darth Vader comic series. I read that comic series. It's very good. But 18 years is a very specific amount of time just to be on life support. Why 18? Um, yeah, it's yeah. A really good comic series that was. And actually, be, all of the Darth Vader ones are I, incredible. I, I guess I guess it's to bridge the time gap between Clone Wars and that Darth Vader in between A New Hope and Empire yeah. time period. Yeah. That's got to be that's got to be it, right? Because otherwise. It's a bit too specific, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Carbin. Yeah. Sorry about that. Another one who was killed by Vader. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, there goes another one. I wonder if my next one has. I don't know if he was. Is Miraj Sintel, who was a female Zygerian who served as the Queen of Zygeria during the Clone Wars, seeking to rebuild the Zygerian slave empire that was shut down by the Jedi Knights of the Old Republic. Sintel uh, allied Zygeria with the Confederacy of Independent Systems. At one point during the Clone Wars, she captured Obi-Wan Kenobi and enslaved Anakin Skywalker, bargaining his service to her for his friends' lives. When Count Dooku demanded their execution rather than their enslavement, she refused. Sadly for her, she was then betrayed by her Prime Minister, Ate Molik, and was killed by Count Dooku. Notable appearances of the Clone Wars. All right. Okay, I think I know. I, I 
it sounds familiar. I'm not a, as as people know, I'm more, I'm more of a Rebels fan than Clone Wars, but yeah, okay. Classic, classic Star Wars canon. Mirage. <laughs> yeah, from Zygeria. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. So, um, <laughs> this is a funny one. I have Shu Mai. Um, this is Shiny Shu... Dumpling, that is. It really, Honestly, it really okay. is. It, it, it guys, is. Are you kidding me? It's a, it's a name of a Chinese dumpling. Right. You just know these guys who are writing this were just like out for a Chinese at that <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, what should we call that? Chow Mein. Give us a Shu Mai. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have a Shu Mai. And that, that's it. The penny dropped. Oh, another name Perfect. for a. Oh, Honestly, right, check it out. Okay. Yeah, do you ever wonder? There's probably like a Chinese story out there with like about mythology, about star fan, like science fiction, fantasy, and uh, there's a character in their universe, and you you just know for a fact it's like called Candle or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so they're like, oh, uh, that's the name teapot. of teapot. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right. Okay. So I got Shumai. Anyway, Shumai. Um, this is funny. I've. A female gossam who served as not not a president, presidente. There is an E at the end, and I'm I'm going with presidente. Yeah, let's make it spicy. Yeah, Kessel spicy. Presidente of the Commerce Guild during the final years of the Galactic Republic. During the Separatist crisis, she attended a meeting with Count Dooku and the heads of other noted corporate holdings on Geonosis to discuss joining the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Though Mai showed misgivings about the situation, stating that the proposal could be viewed as treason, she was the only one to do so and ultimately pledged the forces of the Commerce Guild to the Separatist cause and gained a seat on the Separatist Council as a result. She and the entire council were killed by Darth Vader <laughs> on Mustafa following the end of the Clone Wars. You can make this stuff up. <laughs> if you have if you have a character once killing off, oh yeah, Vader killed her. Vader so turns up. Vader killed her, him, it, everything. <laughs> He's killed half of our canon characters. Why? You you watch in the next ten years the amount of canon material that goes up the 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 kill count of Darth Vader <laughs> yeah. is just going to keep going up and up. Yeah. The final point oh. is killed by Vader. And you know what? I think I remember this person um, because the reason I remember this is because they it, it talks about the um, Separatist Council. Mm-hmm. In the Clone Wars, and it always um, interested me because the, the the Separatist Council kind of looks like the House of Commons, the British House of Commons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it has like green seating and stuff like that. And I always thought that was quite cool. I wouldn't be surprised if it's based but on that. It probably is. It probably is. Or the Canadian Parliament, because that's green, I think, too. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same. It's very, very similar. Very, very similar. But there we go. So there, there we go. We've we've learned things. What was her notable appearance? Oh, uh, sorry. Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Ooh, so look out for Shumai. Yeah. And maybe she's probably in the background of that Clones, Clone Wars episode in the Parliament. Just, you know, probably on her phone at the back of the bench. <laughs> yeah. Playing, playing, on a, playing a game or something. If there's anything like the British politicians, she'll be asleep on the front bench. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, British politicians. So my final one is Thane Kyrell who I do know this one, he's a human male from the remote planet of Jellican or Jalukan. He pursued his childhood dream of becoming a pilot with his best friend, Sienna Ree, 
attending and graduating from the Royal Imperial Academy on Coruscant. After witnessing the destruction of Alderaan, Thane joined the Rebel Alliance. Uh, he'd go on to fight in several key battles in the Galactic Civil War, including Hoth, Endor and the Battle of Jakku. And despite fighting on opposing sides, Thane and Sienna maintained a deep connection with each other that eventually blossomed into romance. Following the Battle of Endor, Kyrell supported the New Republic, and he and Sienna, Sienna crossed paths again during the Battle of Jakku when he rescued her from a stricken Imperial Star Destroyer that crashed into the surface of Jakku. And it's the one you see in the trait when the really massive one crashed into the... Uh, when Inner Force Awakens when raised on that speedo in the distance and you got that huge Star Destroyer crashed. That's the one. Uh, that's oh, and it's wow. and his notable appearance is from Lost Stars. And if anybody out right. there hasn't read Lost Stars, I implore you to read it. It is it is fantastic by Claudia Gray. It is awesome. It covers pretty much all three trilogies. It's awesome. It, I I couldn't put it down. And Thane Kyrell is the ma- main protagonist, uh, the male main protagonist of it. So if you haven't read it, check it out. That awkward moment where Luke sits there thinking, yeah, yeah. He needs to read that book. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've read that. <laughs> read it, or, or the audio book then, if it makes it easier. But it's, that's okay. one book I definitely recommend reading. So, <laughs> so Thane Cairo, he wasn't killed by Darth Vader, but 50% of our selections this month were. <laughs> Everyone else was. Yeah, but his story's not done the yet. the galaxy was. Got a sense of things. He was alive mm. after Vader died, so he's he's escaped. So that's it. That's that. We've gone through our top ten. We've gone through the news. We've gone through canon character of the month, basically. So that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. It's been a doozy again. So thank you to my Jedi Knight of a co-host, Luke. It's been awesome, and I'm looking certainly looking forward to the next episode. Absolutely. The, uh, I I can't believe. This year's already gone so quick, and I cannot wait for Star Wars Celebration. It's a month today. It's One month madness. today from recording. We we are we're recording this. Hope you don't mind me saying this. No, Tuesday, twelfth of March. This time next next month, we would have seen the trailer and seen the panel and the title and the title. The Ren of Destiny will be the title. I- yeah, start. I can't wait for that Renaudess. Get your t-shirts out now. In, in, in a month's time, we're going to be inundated. We won't even have a new section. We won't, we won't have a main segment. It will just be, this is what happened at Celebration for an hour. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, until we begin to celebrate Celebration, so in the meantime, where can the world find you online? Um, They can find me on Instagram at... Uh, I have the most stupid um, username ever on it. It is Leaf It Out Luke. Leaf as in what falls from a tree. Um, and it's a dot or a full stop, or if you're an American, a period in between each word. So leaf.it.out.luke. Feel free if you want to uh, chat some Star Wars or shoot the galactic breeze, slide into my DMs. And we can chat about Star Wars. I recommend doing it. It also just for the photography. It's out of this, out of this galaxy, and um, <laughs> shooting the galactic bad, breeze. We're trademarking that because somebody the other day said they really liked it. So I'm trademarking that. It's ours. <laughs> we, we came out of it. Um, you can find me what I watch tonight. The code UK uh, all over the socials. What I watch tonight. Any good podcast provider worth their crate salt will have this. And you can now find the show. This show on Twitter 
at Star Wars Session. No plural because there wasn't enough characters. Uh, on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. Just to be confused, and that one has got an S. That is plural. And uh, and at Anchor.fm forward slash Star Dash Wars Dash Sessions. And Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find the pods, we have a dedicated feed. So check it out. Come follow us online. Um, if you like what you hear, tell your Star Wars buddies that there's a couple of guys who do shoot that galactic breeze. Uh, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we say or just to have a chat like Luke said. So if you really do love us, leave us a nice review, maybe some five stars on iTunes as it really does help the show out and gets more people listening and gets the engagement between us and everybody else going. So uh, share it with your peers and your friends because this certainly is the podcast you're looking for. But until next time, from me, it's see ya, and from Luke. Metaphors be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, old friend.